to Back to the Books. My name is Isabel and I am joined as always by my lovely co-host Kieran. How are you doing Kieran? Hello Isabel, it's that time of year again. Women's Prize for Fiction. Is that a jingle? We have a jingle now. Oh well, I've not copyrighted it yet so it could be taken off me but I thought it needs a jingle, it's too serious, it needs a jingle. Yeah, it's been a it's been a weirdly heavy week for women. Let's let's introduce a, a jazzy jingle to take all the pain away. Oh please, I know. God, mm. such an awful week. Yeah, yeah. But hey, whatever. We wrote books. Let's talk about those. <laughs> yeah, come on. Let's 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 get started. Let's get into it. So, um, interestingly, we actually already recorded our women's prize. Uh, first for impressions, um, we did this kind of snake draft where we uh, each went through, we went through the prize and we picked them one by one and we sort of, you know, some of us pilfered ones that each other wanted, as one, of, one of us got lumped with the worst one. Um, and then about 40 minutes in, I looked at my recording and realised that at some point it had just stopped. So... Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So you know what, lads? It was a really good episode. It was funny. It was entertaining. We had a lot to talk about. <laughs> anyway, it's just lost to the vortex of time now. So <laughs> and only us two got to listen to it. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. yeah, that's the thing, right? Like you know, in some ways, it was a it was a treat. It's reserved just for us, just for our memories. Exactly. So, it's the next day, and we have decided instead of pretending to, instead of re-recording that, I'm pretending like we had. Uh, some some sort of faux faux. Oh, you picked that one! How dare you! We decided instead that we're going to come clean. The pick has already happened, but we're going to chat a little bit about our choices um, for the women's prize. So what we're going to do is uh, we've written out the longest with a couple of exceptions, which I will I'll explain in a second. Um, and we've picked between us, and we each have. You have one more than me, I think, don't you? So I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I have seven. Okay, well, one of us is more than the other. Um, oh, no, you're also reading Luster, aren't you? Because you picked that one first. Yeah, I'm currently reading Luster, so it, we could sort of scratch that one off. The, I'll still talk about it, but then that gives us an equal six new books to read, so that makes sense. So we're each reading six books uh, from the current Women's Prize longlist, which was announced a couple of days ago. There are three on the list that we are not reading. One is Piranesi because we both read it and we both really enjoyed it. Um, no need to reread it. Period. Yeah. <laughs> the second one is Exciting Times by Louise Dolan. Um, Boo! Yeah, Kieran read it and thought it was shite. And I'm not interested in reading a book that someone has already told me is rubbish. So we're just not going to. If it makes a shortlist, maybe I'll read it. But yeah, no. Kieran had a very strong <laughs> dislike to that one. And, I refuse. It, even if it gets shortlisted, I refuse to read it again. What if it, no. what if it wins? What if it wins? Ooh. I will take to the streets with <laughs> a pitchfork. And a placard. Uh, and a placard. Yeah. I, I think that's it. I'm just, I'm, I'm bored of Irish writers talking about sex and horrible people. Yeah, it's just lots and lots of boring, thin white people having bad sex. And I'm like, the internet's got plenty of that already, hasn't it? I more. know. Oh, yeah. God. Get a grip. And then the third one is The Golden Rule by Amanda Craig. We won't dally on this. Um, essentially, we have seen people talking about how she has made, um, how she's kind of maybe transphobic. Uh, to clarify, she signed the letter in support of JK Rowling um, that people kind of came out with after JK Rowling received pushback 
for writing a really transphobic piece on her blog. Um, we're not 100% sure. We haven't necessarily, you know, she hasn't come out and said, hi, I hate trans people, although, you know, how many transphobes actually do that? Mm. Instead, but, but we haven't seen her denying it and we're not super pepped about the idea of reading someone who maybe holds bigoted views, you know? Mm. You, you can read it if you want. We're not that we're interested. Not. If it gets shortlisted, we'll have a look and we'll try and get some clarification, but eh, you know. It's, it's a weird, like, murky grey area because, like you say, Isabel, we don't know the whole story of where she stands with her beliefs and accept this letter to support J.K. Rowling. But from friends that mentioned it and were very upset about her being long-listed, I'm kind of doing, like this in solid solid can't say the word now solidarity with them because yeah. they're really upset by it so i think yeah like you say if it gets shortlisted we can maybe reconvene and see how we feel then but yeah i think the right decision is made by not reading it yeah, me personally yeah. anyway and it's one of those things you know we're, we're not saying you can't read it but you know, we can uh, we're, we're very blessed to be able to read whatever the hell we want and so we're not gonna read it Sorry. free will and um, yeah, so those are the three that we're not going to be reading. And that leaves us with a very nice list each. Um, first of all, just a quick one. What do you think about this year's Women's Prize long list, Kieran? I think it's a really good one. I'm really impressed with the variety of titles and depth and the real showcase of diverse authors and topics. Um, I think it's a lot better than last year's, no shade. Um, I just think it's a lot more interesting this year. Um, I'm really more familiar with a whole scope of titles on there. And some obviously we had read before, so I was already in a good place. But um, no, I think it's really, really good. I'm really impressed and actually quite excited to sort of get into them. Like really sort of scratch the surface of what is getting the hype and what's going to be maybe overhyped, and maybe what's going to surprise me. So yeah, I'm ready. I'm really excited. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, same. I think we were saying, oh, I, I was definitely thinking that this is probably my favourite long list since the year that Home Fire won. Um, mm. That was a really good long list as well. I, I think, like you said, it, it's for very similar reasons. Um, it's just because it feels very much like, so sometimes when people create a diverse list of books, they kind of take the top from, you know what I mean? Like they'll take yeah, the most yeah. hyped from books by, for example, black authors, books by, you know, uh, uh, queer authors. That's fine, but it, it feels a lot more like there's been a lot of depth and thought into what should actually curate a long list, you know? Normally mm-hmm. I feel that often it's, it's, you know, the straight white ladies get this big variety and then you get like, oh, well, we'll have like a slave narrative and we'll have, mm. you know, a coming out story, you know, we'll have, you know, stuff like that. Like a checklist almost of thing, a, a bit like a, a PC checklist of, well, we need to be diverse and we need to branch out. So we'll have these as like add-ons. But yeah, I feel yeah. like the narrative's definitely changing, like you said. Definitely, yeah. Like, sometimes it feels kind of slightly tokenist. And obviously, it's good that books by diverse authors are on there. But at the same time, I think this year, it's it, it really is a case of, you know, incredible books from all across the spectrum have been written. Let's dig in and find the absolute cream of the crop, not just the ones that everyone's heard of. You mm. know? And so I, I really love this long list. And I, I'm really excited to actually start trying to actually read some of the books 
Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of our thoughts on it so far. Good. Who knows? Maybe we'll hate all the books. I know. Well, this is it. I mean, we could get to when's the shortlist? Eight next month. Twenty eighth of April, I think. God. So that's five, six weeks we've got. Okay. It's coming. I think we can do it. I believe in I us. I think so too. Yeah. The Dawn French one can't take that long, can it? The clock's ticking. <laughs> oh. Depends how invested you are. This is true. <laughs> so, and, you know, without, without spoiling any more, uh, we'll go through the books that we each have on our lists and we'll kind of, kind of chat about why we chose them and where they ranked kind of between us um, um, in our choices. So, you want to go first, Kieran? Yeah, are we going to do like a sort of back and forth volley yeah, of yeah. titles? Yeah, awesome. Right, so this wasn't really so much of me picking. It was more of me saying to Isabel, listen, I've already got it and I'm reading it right now. So don't you dare take this away from me. <laughs> listen, I'm having this one and that's just the situation. So. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> like, right. get, get your paws off. So my first pick, so to speak, was Luster by Raven Lelani, which I'd seen so much hype about. Um, at the tail end of last year because I think it came out in the States October, November time last year and it's just been released here in the UK. It is a debut fiction novel from Raven Lalani and follows a female, a black female character called Eddie who is 23 and just sort of existing from like plane to plane. She's having an affair with a white married man. She's kind of doing okay with work. She sort of muses on her dead parents quite a lot. Um, I've only read 50 pages or so, but a lot of the hype that was surrounding the book was how well written it was, how sharp it was, but also how funny it was. And I can say that in just 50 pages, I can completely get the hype and praise because it is so well written. Like the sentences are so crisp and sharp, but also really funny as well. Like genuinely laugh out loud funny, but it comes from a place where I think Fleabag was coming from, where it's funny, but there's like a darkness to it. And there's a element of like grief and sadness and they use humor to deflect that which I think is quite interesting. Um, nice, yeah. It's so nice when the hype is actually lived up to. Oh, We've completely. all been there. When yeah. you're reading the hype book and you're like, okay then? Like, I don't get it. But no, I think it's really, really interesting. I think it's really well written. And I think the consensus is it's about being a young black woman in 2021. Um, so I'm really excited to sort of get further into the narrative, um, especially... It's had comparisons to, obviously, like I said, Fleabag, but also uh, Michaela Cole's I May Destroy You, which is one of the best shows last year, which is very much, again, about kind of living as a young black woman in London and overcoming so many of the struggles that young black women face on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I don't know about you, Isabel, but I love a good flawed female character. I do. I live for flawed female characters. I'm not remotely interested in a good woman because they don't <laughs> exist. All women have the capacity to be terrible, and I want to. I like watching it when they do. And I want to see those layers peel away <laughs> to the rotten core that's underneath. Or maybe that's just me. Mmm, delicious. But yes, yeah, so that was my first pick. Over to you. Yeah. To, to, to clarify, I haven't started reading any of mine, so these will be short. Um, oh no, no, I, that's the only one that I've started. The rest, I'm like, nope. So the ne- the first one that I picked, the very first one that I chose, was Transcendent Kingdom by Yar Jassy. She is the writer of Homegoing, which completely blew everyone away um, oh, four years ago, I think it was. I think it was 2016, maybe. 
I remember the cover, the orange cover, it was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. It does make me laugh because that was definitely the first cover that started the trend where um, a lot of like black women's writing now has that kind of cut out silhouette. Um, and it's mm-hmm. all very beautiful, but that was definitely the first one. And I think that really kind of started yeah. this kind of the, the, this, the, the, trends. the, the cover trends. Yeah, so um, this is about a brother and sister. And mainly it's about the sister's kind of struggle to understand her brother's addiction both through a spiritual lens and a scientific lens and that's kind of all I know about it um it sounds so good and she's such a good writer and I basically I put this one up on the top of my list because I was certain that Kieran would want it and I wanted to have it I wanted to steal it um, and then I was surprised that it was actually quite low down on your list Kieran mm, it was um and again I need to clarify that my list from top to bottom wasn't like best to worst it was more just in terms of how much excitement was generated from the titles at first glance so it wasn't oh that looks rubbish I don't want to read it I think it's just more of that looks cool but there are other titles on the list that I would want to read first in terms of my like priorities but it does sound cool I still haven't read um homecoming not homecoming sorry homegoing homegoing what is wrong with me today? Homegoing. But again, I remember how well it had done and I remember the cover so distinctly and the hype surrounding it. So it's yeah. on my list. But um, yeah, no, it was kind of near the bottom of my list. But I'm sure you'll love it and you'll say, put that up higher on your list now. <laughs> I'll fling it at you. Yeah, it's one of those things where, I, like you said, we, we were very pleased with the shortlist with maybe a couple of small exceptions, which I guess we'll talk about. Um, so yeah, none of our lists were really want to read to would rather die than read it was all kind Mm. of you know we have to make a list and this was the list we made um but yeah over to you what was the next one you chose i've forgotten (laughs) this one actually surprised you because um you were just very like it was the (laughs) was i it it was the patricia lockwood no one is talking about this oh yes yeah which is again it's another debut novel of um patricia lockwood who is a poet i believe um, and from what I know about it, it's a novel that kind of captures the life of the Twitter sphere. I'm using air quotes here. Um, yeah. She calls it like the void of like the internet and kind of endless scrolling and the dangers and the horror of being online. Um, and I just think that captured me because especially in the last year, we've had nothing else to do except be online and... As we all know, Isabel, the internet can be a really horrific place. And I think, I don't know, a funny, irreverent and sort of skewering of that Twitter sphere sounds really interesting to me. Um, I'm interested to see how lyrical and how kind of absurdist it goes, because obviously she's a poet first, then novelist. So I'm interested kind of to see where the intersection lies between her more lyrical poetic style to like a novel so i'll be interested to see where that goes but yeah i just thought the subject matter was really interesting and the cover was again you shouldn't judge a book by its cover but the cover was so pretty yeah all the lilac rainbow clouds i was like oh it's like lisa frank if she wrote a literary novel (laughs) (laughs) exactly but yeah that was my second choice um i just think uh internet skewering twitter sounds fun yeah definitely definitely um, so the next one that I picked was Consent by Annabelle Leon. And again, this is one that I thought that Kieran would be 
all over and so it was second on my list basically my entire list was what can I take off Kieran (laughs) which it turns out was very difficult because our lists were very different um this is a story I believe about two different groups of sisters um whose lives are kind of disrupted and ruined by one man and I I feel like it's going to be kind of two narratives kind of weaving together or maybe kind of coming together to join at the end um Mm. so I'm really interested to see how that works out uh yeah I don't have much else to say on that one, but I'm I'm really intrigued. I'd actually never heard of it before I saw the long list. So I hadn't. The fact that it turned up on the top, like towards the top of my list, it was second on my list um, to choose. It kind of says something, I think, for how powerful the synopsis sounded. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of books this year dealing with siblings and twins. I've noticed. Yeah, like that is a very common theme, and I think uh, I'll get on to the next choice, but the subject of twins is obviously quite close to my heart so I think I'm naturally more sort of drawn to those novels um but speaking of twins the next book on my list is Unsettled Ground by Claire Fuller which isn't even out yet which is just so rude I have to wait another week before I can get it I want to read quickly (laughs) thanks guys and um the name Claire Fuller rings a bell but I've not read anything else by her but this is a book uh, about a set of twins uh, that are in their 50s they live in like rural isolation and poverty with their mum and then what happens is their mum dies and they're sort of brought into the real world and they sort of question their existence and kind of how do we go from being on the edge and the fringes of society into like the main hub of society it kind of reminded me just from that synopsis of room by emma donoghue kind of when you've built a life so far away from what we know and then when you're brought back into it how you kind of adapt um and yeah again that's really all i've got to say on it because we're just judging it kind of on synopsis and maybe high but a friend of mine had read it. He managed to get a proof copy and he said that the writing was so good and he was just drawn in from page one. But he was also saying how funny it is, even though it sounds like it could be quite a heavy novel. He said it's actually surprisingly funny, um, which surprised me because from the description, I don't know about you, Isabel, but I was like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, sounds, sounds a bit bleak, mm. doesn't it? But I'm interested though to see where it happens and what sort of comes from it. But um, yeah, all about that twin life. Over to you, Isabel. What's next on your list? Interesting as well, I think, because Claire Fuller wrote Our Endless Number Days. I think that was her debut novel. And that is about a girl who, I think she's, like, brought up with her... Her dad brings her up and convinces her that, like, the world has ended. Um, and so they live that kind of apocalypse life, you know. And then... Wait a minute. What's it called? Our Endless... Our Endless Number Days. I think it was Book of the Month when we were at Waterstones. Because I'm sure my friend read it uh, or I got a copy of it and I gave it to her and she absolutely... You probably did. We, were, we, we drowned in proofs when we were... Oh, uh, yes. I remember that book. I've not read it, but I, I recognise that cover. 2015 it came out. Yes, yeah, so that would have been in our book selling days. Aww. Years. Yeah. <laughs> Memories. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's interesting because very, it's very much a return to her uh, of that kind of... Um, suddenly having to reintegrate into the real world or kind of being brought up on the fringes of society. Mm. So yeah, really interested to see that. The next one, I full on stole from you and I'm not even uh, sure it is Detransition Baby by Tori Peters. You dick. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, so uh, as we discussed before, I, th- I find it kind of funny that 
Amanda Craig, who is, you know, on, on you know, on, on the rack for maybe being a transphobe is on the long list in the same year as they had the first trans woman to ever be um, on the long list. And it's like they couldn't bear to go one way or the other. So they were like, well... We'll balance it out. Yeah, if, if we just had both, then we really have made no social change at all. There you go. Nice, nice neutral ground. <laughs> so it's like progress, 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 and we've brought it right back down. <laughs> Just like so close, and then you affect it. But whatever. Um, so yeah, detransition baby is, I believe, a kind of tangled romance slash social um, novel between. Um, I know that that one character was trans and is now detransitioning. Um, and then I believe that they've gotten that they kind of fall into a relationship with another trans person. Uh, and then I think that there are other kind of genderqueer and trans people kind of in the mix. And so it kind of sounds a little bit like if conversations with friends had like any personality whatsoever, you know, the kind of mm. the, the sort of friend group of two people who sort of end up with this, this tangled, um, tangled relationship. And I think what might, I think what happens maybe is that a trans man becomes pregnant and then that's a whole kind of thing by itself. Um, uh. So yeah, I, I'm really intrigued, you know, I think... A, it's the first trans woman to ever be nominated for the prize, and she is very specifically talking about kind of trans issues um, and, and the complexities of trans experience in her book. You know, it's not just a case of a person transitioned and that was it. You know, it's very much like this is how it is. You know, your your, mm. your relationship with your gender is always going to be a, slight, a little bit complicated, um, and here are all these different people who have different relationships with their gender identity, things like that. And I'm really interested mm. to see. I just think it's going to be a good book. It just sounds really, really good. Um, it does. Yeah, and I it really, ha- really does. And I have it. Sucks to be you, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, piss off! But you actually clocked this because they did like a little tease on Twitter, and you, with your hawk eye, you said, "I see a bit of pink. I think it's the transition, baby." Yeah. So Kate, Kate Moss, um, Kate Moss thought she was being so smart. She had this pile of books, and they were all turned round, so you couldn't see the covers. You could only see kind of the edges of the pages. Um, and I literally clicked on the picture and stared at it for like 20 minutes and I, I was like that one's detransition baby and that looks like Transcendent Kingdom actually so yeah thanks Kate Moss that was a productive day at work wasn't it <laughs> I, did I say that I mean I was answering emails there we go oh dear well my next choice considering my heart was broken from having that book stolen from me but it's fine we move on we move forward is Nothing But Blue Sky by Kathleen McCowan, or McCowan, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, I first thought, even though it's obviously a fiction's prize, but from the way it was described, it was like a memoir with maybe like fictional elements, but no, I think it's purely just a fictional narrative, Okay. which is about a man who loses his wife, and it's about him sort of processing his grief and actually understanding who was the woman he was married to like how well did you do you know your partner um i think the main thing that drew drew me in was it's not groundbreaking in terms of subject matter like it's been done before but i think what was interesting for me was the fact that it's a male narrator and it's not a a wife who's lost her husband dealing with it it's actually the other way around um because we even talked about the idea of like male narratives in the women's prize sort of fiction list and kind of what that does for wider conversations and things um but yeah i mean there's not much more really to say about it um it's meant to be really well written and beautiful poignant tender 
pulling on the old heartstrings, which I am a sucker for. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. a big softie, so I do love anything like that. But um, yeah, that kind of drew me in. It'd be interesting to see whether if it was the other way around, if it was like a wife dealing with her own grief after her husband had died, if I would have had the same response to it. I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe it would have made, stood out less potentially because as, as we, as you know, you just said, and as we had a discussion about on the episode that was lost to time, <laughs> it, you know, there, the women's prize is often women talking about women's experiences. Um, but it's always interesting to see a woman writing from a man's perspective, and especially men dealing with things like grief, um, you know, yeah. these, these are quite tender, vulnerable topics, and to kind of dive into the psyche of someone who's very unlike you and present that psyche kind of at its most vulnerable, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. And I really wanted that one, so up your butt. How dare you? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> You're welcome. Go on, what's next on your list? Cool. So the next one I picked was Summer by Ali Smith. This one was chosen basically because I've never read any Ali Smith, which is so dumb. No, same though. Same, same here. I love like kind of pretentious literary stuff. I like queer fiction. I like fiction centered around women. So it was basically, if you look that up in the dictionary, it's Ali Smith. So what the hell am I doing? So yes, um, I realize I'm kind of starting at the end because this is the fourth in her seasonal quartet and she's got a huge backlist that I could also get to, but I figure, this is the opportunity to get into some Annie Smith. We'll do it. We'll see how it goes. That was me reason. Yeah. I, really, I, I don't know what it's about. I didn't look. <laughs> so that's all you're getting from me. No, well, this is it. It's one of those things where, like you said, Isabel, we know they've been around and it's been very much, they look cool. Well, I'll probably read them soon. And yeah. just, it never happened. But those covers are so beautiful and they do stand out. I mean, I remember the first one from our Waterstones days and they do look so pretty together and I think you don't have to read them all like as one series you can read them as standalone books but you kind of get a better experience if you do sort of read them as a quarter and and yeah if I had ended up with summer my reasons would have been exactly the same like well I needed the kick up the arse to read it here it is and now I have no excuse yes in the shape of Bernadine Everisto though kicking me yeah (laughs) So, yeah, what did you choose next? I've completely forgotten, actually. So, this one was Small Pleasures by Claire Chambers. Oh, yes. Because, and as explained in the episode that got lost to the void, um, in my job at the moment, I've been working on the Claire Chambers reissues. Um, so, I've had to reread a lot of her books from, like, early 2000s. And she's really funny. Like, she's a really funny writer, very observant and very sort of quintessentially British in the kind of sharp remarks and just the conversational tones that characters have. Obviously, some bits are dated, but overall, I really liked her writing. And obviously, Small Pleasures has kind of, I don't want to say like relaunched her career, but it's done really, really well, hence why the reissues are happening. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, I've liked her other stuff. So... I'm going to like this one, maybe. Um, in terms of the plot, it's, I think, about a reporter who discovers something to do with her, like, daughter, or she discovers that a woman that she's reporting on gave birth and it was a secret, so she tracks down the daughter. But it's set in the 50s. Ooh. And that's all I know about it. But like I say, her writing's really funny and sharp. 
Um, there is also like a really nice emotional aspect to it as well. Um, and that's pretty much it, really. I liked the previous stuff that I had to read for work, and <laughs> the cover looks pretty. I'm hungry for more. I was going to say, yeah, it do you... I mean, I don't know if you can talk about this, but are the are the reissued covers likely to be similar to the in style to the Small Pleasures one? Because that is an absolutely top-notch, banging cover. Like, on point. I don't... Am I like... Oh, well, I'm going to say it anyway. I'm only on a temp contract. Yes, basically, the idea is that we wanted to sort of uh, replicate that style. So my base, they gave me a job of, can you read them and see what sort of motif motifs would be good for covers? I see, and yeah. as far as I'm aware, the ideas that I've brought forward are going forward. So yes. I've been promised some uh, finished copies when they're done. Oh, excellent. So you can dig in. Excellent, excellent. You can kind of, you can sort of haunt bookshops and if anyone picks them up, you can go, I chose these ones. Exactly. All I'll say is keep an eye out for lemons. That's all I'm going to say. Keep an eye out for lemons. It's going to be a fruity situation. It really is. Over to you, my dashing colleague. So uh, the next one that I picked was How the One Artist, A Sweet Her House by Sherry Jones. Um, this one I, I chose because it's had a lot of elements that I... I don't know a huge one about it, but it had a lot of elements that I always really go for. I love mother-daughter relationships. I love um, kind of, um, I love that when there's kind of myth and folklore we woven into kind of realist women's experiences, especially mm. when that when somebody's drawing on like a specific culture to take, um, you know, the, the experience of women within that culture and how the folklore of that culture and how the two kind of interweave and I've always found that a really really interesting um, and really engaging way to tell a story and this is set in Barbados which is a country that I know very little about and I think that that will be um, a really kind of engaging an engaging and fun thing to read about and, and yeah like I said it sounds maybe sort of coming of age um, mothers and daughters men ain't shit you know all that stuff <laughs> everything I go for all your favourite bits. Yeah. <laughs> all the stuff I go for. So, yeah. I really liked, um, I think I surmised it when I was doing my long list of like a mother-daughter relationship and kind of how that is sort of observed. And my initial thoughts, I don't know why it went to places of like Angela Carter and Margaret Atwood, because you said it kind of invokes a magical realism aspect. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's kind of in that vein. But again, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, a, a lot of well let, let's call it a spade a spade I feel like there's a kind of lot a lot of sort of white stories like that already and they're great and I love them I love Margaret Atwood love mm. Angela Carter absolute like top notch but I, I always think that it's more interesting now to kind of find those stories invoked in different places um, so for example mm. I read uh, She Would Be King by Why, Why Are Two More which is about basically about like uh, the black diaspora and Liberia's formation, but it's told through this um, th through a story in which three people have kind of magical superpowers. Um, it's really, really good, by the way. I highly recommend it. Uh, but I just have found that that's such a cool and interesting way to read about those kinds of stories. It's something that, for some reason, mm. just really, really catches my attention. Anyway, rambled about that. Next. <laughs> Back to the books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, my this is my final pick, actually. Um, and I feel like I stole this from you. Um, the Vanishing Half by Britt Burnett. Yeah, thanks for that. 
<laughs> no, you are welcome. Which uh, a book uh, I, I know a lot about. Uh, the hype's been huge. There was even a fancy gift edition from Waterstones last year with a gorgeous gold cover. And it's about a relationship between two twins, again, a set of twins, so a common theme. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should do like a little trend alert. Trend alert, twinning. <laughs> <laughs> twinning. Um, but it starts in the Jim Crow sort of south um, in the 1950s and spans to the 90s. And it follows these twins living and leading very different lives. Um to the extent where one actually decides to pass as white, which I think is really interesting. Because um, it made me think of, and I can't remember her name, Rachel, Rachel, what's her name? You know, the lady that said she she wants to pass as a black oh, yeah, woman. Oh, yeah, the, the, the fake black lady. Yeah, That's I, her, yeah. It kind of reminded me, like, kind of the reverse of that a little bit, kind of. Like passing, yeah. Yeah, like passing. But also, I think it's a topic that a lot of uh, black writers have broached. Um, I know that Bernadine Evaristo had a character in Girl, Woman, Other, where she very much adopted a white persona. Um, there's a book coming out in the summer called uh, The Other Black Girl, which follows a very similar uh, concept of how you adapt a personality to fit into the workplace. Um so I'm really interested to kind of see how that's done set in the past. Yeah. Especially from the 50s to the 90s. And I read a lot of comparisons to say how there's a lot of themes and ideas that could have been from Toni Morrison. Oh, cool. cool. Which is a big comparison to make. Yeah, that's them some big shoes to be pushing onto somebody. But I don't, I don't think they would have said it if they didn't believe it. So I think that for me sort of cemented Right, okay, this isn't on my list. And now even me talking about it to you, I'm like, ooh, okay, I actually really want to read this. And I'm getting yeah. excited. I'm excited to read, Isabel. Which is always, always helpful. It's kind of reminding me of Passing by Nella Larson, which is actually a classic. And it's, um, I think it might have been written around the time period that The Vanishing Half is set, or at least the earlier portion. And it is, again, I think it's about two sisters and one passes as white and one doesn't. So that's going to be really interesting. Maybe... Maybe at some point we should try and read both and uh, and have a look at kind of whether one's kind of drawing from the other and that kind of lineage of looking at colorism along with racism and, and how that kind of impacts different black people differently. Yeah, mm. very interesting. And, and yes, how dare you? <laughs> I wanted to read that, but you know, it's not going anywhere. I can read it later. No, go on. Tell tell me what you you're uh, left with then, so Isabel. That leaves me first of all with Burnt Sugar by Avni Doshi. Um, this uh, has been everywhere. I think it was. I think it was longlisted for the book, or I can't remember if it was shortlisted. Again, it's a kind of mother-daughter relationship. Um, one that is very strained. I believe it's essentially about a, a young woman who has to return to her mother, who she's kind of fallen out with and lost contact with. And they have to kind of. Um, she returns as her carer, and it's them kind of having this slightly complicated, slightly toxic relationship, not quite knowing how to like look at one another as people, you know, without kind of letting that, that dynamic that suffocated the, her earlier life kind of rise up again. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't actually that low on my list. Um, I, I, am, I do want to look forward to it, but it just ended up being the second to last one that I picked. And then <laughs> the, 
that this left me we we chose in in alternations um so you chose the vanishing half after i chose burnt sugar um which meant that i had to come back to <laughs> go um, on say it so here's the thing right i made a bright old song and dance of this yesterday when we recorded and now i'm kind of regretting that because i feel like it was snobbish of me uh, my last one on my list is because of you by dawn french um it was the last one on my list was the last one on your list kieran as well it was like yeah like pretty much near the bottom okay okay well what was the last on your list just out of interest how the one-armed sister oh cool cool um fair enough yeah so <laughs> so <laughs> it's dawn french so i but i kicked up a stink i didn't give up a proper stink but you know i made some catty comments um, and that's not very fair because i i believe it can't possibly be a bad book because it's been chosen by a panel of judges all of whom i really respect i don't believe bernardine Evaristo would steer me wrong no. or allow a bad book you know i think Celebrity books do get a bad reputation, sometimes deservedly, because often it's a very mediocre product that then has all of the marketing budget put behind it. Yeah. Which basically creates a scarcity for like, you know, in bunny quotes, real writers, you know, people who want to make author, you know, writing their career and, and, you know, are dedicated to the craft. Eliza Clark posted a whole thing on Twitter about it. And I think she even said, I wish this selected author well, but... It's a shame I couldn't have been a TV presenter for free, you know, 10 years yeah. before I could have wrote this book. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It, it's not a case of like, ugh, gross, don't want to go near it, don't want to touch it. But it's just a case of interesting that Richard Osmond wrote a perfectly ser- serviceable murder mystery that then spent like six months at the top of the list when that marketing budget could have been spent maybe on emerging authors who deserved it or people who were writing things that were perhaps a little bit more important. However... Mm. Um, because of you by Dawn French does seem like a cute book. I think it's going to be a nice, easy read, but maybe isn't going to be afraid to look and tackle some, some tackle some difficult topics at the same time. So I'm not going to whinge, and I'm also going to say that I think that having more accessible fiction on the long list is a good thing. We said this. Yeah. We did yeah. say this yesterday, didn't we? How yeah. it can become the gateway for maybe more casual readers to see that and then make the link to read other books so they go oh dawn french i like dawn french off the telly oh okay oh that book seems interesting oh that one does as well you know what i'll get three on this website and i'll read them and then it just means that there's a more balanced and not balanced just more wider readership and because these kind of prizes like let's call a spade a spade it's very you know literary and it's very it attracts like a, t- a crowd maybe that would want more literary musings and more sort of highbrow-esque things. So maybe the tie turning to include more commercial stuff is actually a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I think the Women's Prize has always done quite a good job of straddling literary and commercial. It's, it's never really, really kind of exclusionary. Um, it's, it's not the booker. Yeah, exactly. It's never elitist stuff. But I, I do think that it's interesting that the addition of this definitely creates a it definitely creates a way in which somebody who let's say buys their books in Sainsbury's might be introduced to the prize and therefore might go oh well I really liked because of you let's give Transcendent Kingdom a go and, and so in, it, yeah. it feels like it's letting keeping the ladder down rather than pulling it up behind mm. us and going this is the good fiction everything else is garbage it's being well there's you know different you know 
fiction can be good in different ways and if you allow people you know it's giving people a roadmap to explore as you said it's inviting people into literature rather than pushing them out mm-hmm. and if that's not what literary prizes are for then like why do we publicize them why do we talk about them you know it's inclusive yeah. isn't it and ultimately it wants more people to read yeah. um, in a time where we're still stuck inside and we can't do anything yeah. except read um, so I think it's a very good thing what will be interesting to see is what happens in other prizes and like you know is is Dawn French going to make the booker this year <laughs> yeah that's what I'm thinking we're Richard Osmond <laughs> on the booker <laughs> oh god Somehow, I don't think it'll happen, but, you know, it's, it's still early 2021. Well, Anything know. could happen. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I doubt it, but maybe. Um, yeah. Well, for the win. I'm, I'm not going to go in <laughs> with previous biases. I'm going to allow the book to speak for itself, and I am going to read it. And then I'll report back. So, yeah. Huzzah! <laughs> Fantastic. Well, there we go. That's that's our list sorted. Yeah. Well, maybe because, obviously, you've got one more, maybe we could buddy read one. I think I actually have... uh, Hang on. So, including Luster, how many do you have? I have one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, yes, I have seven. How did that happen? Because it's an an odd number. It is, yeah. Oh, yeah, because we kicked off Amanda Craig. Sorry, Amanda. Um, (laughs) If you want to choose one from my list, feel (gasps) free. I know which one you're going to choose, so... Yeah, well... I've given it some thought. Do you want to make the pledge right here, right now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Can I please, please, buddy read, um, where is, why did I not write it down? There we go. Detransition, baby. No, you can't pick another one. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, sure. That will be really good. Um, So yes, maybe, maybe we can agree to read that one around the same time and then we'll, we'll have a. We'll each come with our, the, our opinions on our individually read books and we can have kind of a buddy read discussion mm. on one of them. I think that's probably a good way to go about it. Agreed. And we'll discuss Piranesi as well. I think that's probably a good idea. Oh, yeah, because I don't feel like we've actually had a, a good conversation about it. I think we've had WhatsApp discussions about it of me just being like, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like TDLR, TLDR, <laughs> such an idiot, TLDR. Um, we both really liked it. We thought it was great. I love Susanna Clark. She can do no wrong. But yeah, we'll, we'll schedule in some time to kind of go through all of the ones that we've read and have a chat about them as if anyone cares about our opinions, but we're recording them, so we might as well. Hey, I care about our opinions. <laughs> you sucker. <laughs>